We are presently in a series called The Dare. So far in this series, I've dared you to face your giant. I have dared you to leave the boat. Uh, I've dared you to take a stand. I wonder how many have accepted the challenge. Well, today I'm going to dare you to pray. Dare you to pray. There's so much turmoil in our land today, so much division, so much confusion and conflicting information. So many strong opinions on both sides of the fence. Today we see people are anxious and divided and people are misunderstanding one another. Satan is absolutely loving what is going on in our world today. And he's using it to bring division in the Christian community. See, see, he knows that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 25, he knows that it is true. And Jesus said there, he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so the enemy of our soul, the devil knows, he knows how powerful the church and the Christian community potentially is. And so he is trying to, to get it divided any way he can. Listen to me this morning, church. Today is not a day to divide on the few issues that we disagree on. No, no, no. Today is a day to unite on the many issues that we do agree on. And I would say this morning that if there ever was a day that the Christian community needed to pray, it's today. You know, if we would pray more than we post... If we would pray more than we say. See, see, here's what I know this morning, and that is prayer moves the hand of God. How many believe that this morning? Prayer moves the hand of God. But there's something else that we need to understand this morning, and that is prayer changes the heart of man. See, we think about prayer, and we think about it moving the hand of God. We think about God doing something uh, as we pray, and that is wonderful, and that is true. But I want to tell you this morning that also, prayer is also about changing the heart of man. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, Oh, if my people who are called by my name, oh, if they will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then, God says, I will hear from heaven, and then I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Did you hear what God said there? He said that the answer to the broken and the divided and the hurting land today is for his people to humble themselves. I see far more pride in our land today than I see humility. But God says that if we would humble ourselves and then if we would pray and if we would seek his face and if we would turn from his wicked ways, God says, then, then he said, I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin and then I will heal their land. So the answer is found in prayer. Prayer, genuine prayer. 
Prayer prayed with humility. Prayer prayed in faith. Prayer that produces righteous living. Jesus said, or the word says, turn from their wicked way. So this morning, I dare the Christian community to pray, oh, oh, will anyone take my dare? Well, there's six things that I want to say about prayer this morning, and since I have six things to talk about, I can only mention each one of them. The first thing I want to say about prayer this morning is, and I want to say that prayer should be a priority. Say Priority. Prayer should be a priority. I challenge you to tell me of anything that is more important. I challenge you to tell me of anything that is more powerful than prayer. Well, I ask you this morning that if it is of utmost importance and has the potential of unmatched power, then I ask you this morning, why are we so passive about it? See, we like to talk about prayer, we like to teach about prayer, we like to preach about prayer, but who's actually praying? Why does prayer seem to slide to the bottom of our to-do list? Jesus made prayer top priority. Jesus. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, In the morning before daylight, say before daylight. (laughs) Yeah, it says in the morning before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. And Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 says, uh, speaking of Jesus, says he himself often, say often, he himself often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. I suggest this morning that if Jesus, the Son of God, if Jesus, the all-powerful one, if Jesus felt the need to pray, and not just pray, but to make prayer a priority, if Jesus needed to pray, who are we to think that we can live our lives without it? Here's what I believe this morning about prayer, and that is it should be viewed as fuel, not as a spare tire. Now, spare tires are important. How many's ever relied on a spare tire and glad you had one? Spare tires are important, especially when you have a flat or you have a blowout out on the highway. But understand that it's, it's the fuel that keeps the car running consistently. It's not the spare tire. Thank God for the spare tire, and sometimes we need the spare tire. But it is the fuel that we put in the tank. That is what we need to keep the, the, the car running consistently. Listen, too many Christians treat prayer like a spare tire, only used in emergencies. No wonder they are powerless. No wonder they are easy prey to the enemy. Prayer is the fuel that keeps the spiritual engine running. So I dare you this morning, I dare you to make prayer a priority. I promise you it will make all the difference in your life. Second thing I want to say about prayer is, I want to say that prayer should be personal. Prayer should be personal. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us a model For prayer, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Evidently, they had watched and listened to Jesus. Evidently, there was something about the prayer life of Jesus. And the disciples says, I want to pray like like Jesus does it. So they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives a model. He gives an outline of what our extended prayer time should include. 
I'm going to talk about that in the next point, but I want us to notice in verse number nine, Jesus says, when they said, how do we pray? Jesus said in verse number nine, Jesus said, begin your prayer time like this. Say, our Father in heaven. Jesus said, recognize God as your heavenly Father. When you, when you are having your extended prayer time, when you are, when you are going to have your time of prayer and time alone, time with, with the Lord, Jesus said, begin it, begin that prayer time by saying, our Father, our Father in heaven. Recognize God as your heavenly Father, Jesus said. Not, not as just some magic, majestical being so, so far removed, so unreachable, so untouchable, somewhere, somewhere in the unknown, somewhere. No, 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 no. No, Jesus said, well, when you come, when you come to pray, recognize and say, our Father, our Father in heaven. Prayer should be personal, personal. See, see, it's about a relationship, not about religion. I said, it's about a relationship, not about religion. See, see, religion says, I have to pray. It's on my schedule. Religion says, I have to pray. A relationship says, I get to pray. <laughs> a relationship says, I can't wait to pray. Yeah, religion says, it's my duty. It's my, it's my duty. I, I must check the little box off the religious to-do list. Uh, oh, but a relationship says, I get to talk to my father now. I get to talk to my father now. I get to hang out with dad. I can tell him what I wouldn't tell anybody else. I get the privilege of his wisdom. Uh, yes, I get to get into the presence of my father. I, I get to hang out with dad and I, and I get, I get to glean from my, from my heavenly father and his, and, and the ultimate wisdom that he has. I, I get, I, I get the privilege of his wisdom. And I get to spend some quality time in his presence. Third thing I want to just mention about prayer this morning, and that is prayer should include a plan. Prayer should include a plan. As I stated a moment ago in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus maps out a plan for prayer. And in this plan, Jesus includes three things that our prayer time should include. I'm talking about our extended prayer time. I'm talking about our devotional time when we spend quality time in the presence of God. Jesus gives us a plan, three things that our prayer time should include. The first is reverence. Reverence. Verse number nine, Jesus said in this manner, or according to this plan, this is the way you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. Oh, Jesus said that when we enter into God's presence in prayer, we should do so with reverence. Oh, hallowed be thy name. We should honor him. We should revere him. We should esteem him. I like to begin, and I, you don't have to do this, but I, it's my custom, and I love to do it. I, I like to begin my extended prayer time on my knees. 
I try to spend an hour a day in prayer. I don't always get that done. I don't spend an hour on my knees, but I spend an hour in prayer. But I always begin my prayer time on my knees, bowing before God, humbling myself, literally humbling myself by bowing on my knees before God, recognizing who he is hallowed, Hallowed be thy name, great is your name, mighty is your name, powerful is your name, wonderful is your name, marvelous is your name. Oh, God, I love you. Recognizing who he is and who I am. You are on your throne. I am on my knees. Did you hear me? Oh, God, you are on your throne. I, I'm on my knees. In the book of the Revelation, chapter 4, it describes a scene that takes place in heaven 24-7. And this scene reveals to us just how holy and just how worthy that God is and how he should be reverenced. Let's read about it. Revelation, the book of the Revelation, chapter number 4. And verses 8 through 11. It says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. And they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. And they say, you are worthy, O Lord. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Our prayer plan should include reverence. But it also should include requests. Yes, requests in verses 10 through 13 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said to bring our request to God. Remember, God is our heavenly Father. Fathers are providers. Fathers take care of their families. Fathers take care of the monetary needs oh, of, their, of their children. All the good ones do anyway. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Let your request, say your request. Let your request be made known to God. Hear me, prayer should include requests. In verse number 11 of of Matthew 6, Jesus said, he said, pray like this. He He says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Was Jesus saying, hey, I'm putting you on a bread and water diet? Is that what Jesus was saying? No, what Jesus was saying was I'm giving you permission to bring your request to me. Oh, Jesus said, give us, pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. Or in other words, Jesus was saying, God, pray, God, I need you to supply my needs today. God, I need, I need shelter. I need a roof over my head. I, I need a place that's dry. I need a place to come in and be safe. 
It's okay to ask God for shelter. Hello? God, God, I need some form of transportation. Oh, I'd like a Mercedes, but I'll settle for a bicycle. I got to have something to get me home to work and work home. God, it's okay to request transportation. Hello? Lord, I need something to eat. God, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. God, I need clothes to wear. Jesus said to ask our Heavenly Father for these basic necessities and basic needs of life. Paul said in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your needs. Say all your need. Yeah, Paul said, my God will supply all of your need. He's going to do it according unto his riches and glory. He's going to do it through Christ Jesus. Hear me this morning. God is our provider. Prayer is the process. James chapter 4 and verse number 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. But prayer should not only include reverence, not only should it include requests, but also, also according to Jesus in the model or the, uh, or the plan for prayer, it also should include repentance. In verse number 12 of Matthew 6, Jesus says, pray this way, pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive us of our debts. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for our trespasses. Lord, forgive us for our sin, all of us sin. The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us sin. All of us fail. All of us fall short. Nobody bats a thousand. We strike out far too many times. Well, we need to repent for those things. I said we need to repent for those things. Amen? You know, you do something to your wife, you, you know, you hurt her feelings, or you did something, said something ugly, or whatever, whatever, whatever. You don't just, you know, if you're smart, you don't just move on, you know, you say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen? Sorry. We need to take ownership of our, of our behavior. We need, to, we need to be sorry and remorseful over our sins. We need to ask God to help us overcome our personal weakness. Because, see, repentance doesn't just mean I'm sorry. Repentance means I'm going to turn around. I'm, I've been going this way for a while. I found out it's the wrong way. I'm going to go and go the opposite direction. I'm going to turn from my sin. In the book of Psalm, the 51st division of the Psalm would be an accurate way to say it. The 51st division of, of, of the Psalm. It's a Psalm of David. It's a Psalm that David wrote after his affair with Bathsheba. After his, after his sin and after Nathan put his bony finger in his face and said, you're the, you're the turkey here. And in Psalm 51, David prays, and, and he prays in verse 1, he prays, he prays, Have mercy upon me, O God, according unto your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my trespasses. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. You get that part? I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. And against you and you only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak. And blameless when you judge. Drop down to verse number 10. And David cries out to the Lord. And he cries and he says. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. 
God, I have sinned. God, I, Lord, I, I have fallen. I have failed. I struck out big time, God. Three strikes and I'm out. And God, I feel so dirty and I feel so ugly and I feel so, Lord, so disgusting. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a, a right spirit within me and do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Our extended prayer time should include repentance. Well, let's take a look at the fourth thing that I want to suggest. Wow, my time is going really quick. The fourth thing I want to suggest about prayer, and that is prayer should precede action. See, every major decision should be bathed in prayer. Every significant event or situation in our life should be baptized in prayer. And Jesus is our example in this. If you will read the story of Jesus, you'll find that before that he went into his full-time ministry, he first fasted and prayed. Before he chose his 12 disciples, first of all, he prayed. Before he went to the cross, first of all, he went to the garden, the garden of a prayer. Because see, prayer should precede action. Here's why. It prepares us for what's ahead. Prayer prepares us for what's ahead. Jesus knew that he could not endure the pain and the agony and the disgusting sin that he would have to deal with on the cross. He knew he could not deal with the cross unless, first of all, he prepared himself through prayer. And in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46, it records this. And the Bible says that Jesus, for three long, grueling, intense, agonizing hours, Jesus, Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed. And this three-hour marathon of prayer prepared him for what was ahead. I believe that the cross was not possible without the prayer of Gethsemane. It's time for the church to pray. It's time for the pr- church to pray, I said. And hear me this morning, the little, the, the, and little soft, sugary, sweet prayers will not prepare us for what's ahead. I don't know what's ahead, but I'm telling you, I believe that we're headed for unprecedented times in our world and in our country. And I'm telling you that the only thing that is going to make us prepared for that that is coming ahead is if the people of God pray. And I'm calling this church and I'm calling the church of God today to prayer. It's never been a day where we needed to pray like we need today we there's things coming in this world there's things coming in our life and unless we prepare ourselves through prayer fifth thing i have to say today and that is prayer should include passion and i'm not referring necessarily to volume you don't have to be loud like me but I have a problem when you're loud at the ball game and quiet as a church mouse at church. That's just not me. Well, I saw you at the ball game. I saw you chewing out the ump. I heard you. I'm not necessarily referring to volume, but, but I'm referring to intensity. I'm referring to our sense of urgency. I'm referring to how serious we take our situation. See, see, there comes a time when our when our now I lay me down to sleep prayer just will not cut it. Prayer, prayer should include passion. Here, here's what I believe. I believe that our passion reveals our level of intensity. James five and sixteen. James writes and he says the effective fervent say fervent. 
Yeah, he says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The writer of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 5 and 7, speaking of Jesus, it says Jesus offered up prayers and pleadings. Say pleadings. Jesus offered up prayers and pleadings. Listen, listen, what he says, with loud cries and tears. And in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 44, speaking of Jesus, it says that he, he prayed more fervently. Oh, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I ask you this morning, how long has it been since we agonized in prayer? Agonized over our own problems and the perplexing problems of our world, oh, we are quick to post, but we are slow to pray. It's time to pray, and it's time for us to ask God to change us. Change us. See, prayer is as much about changing us as it is about changing our situation. I want to tell you more often than not, God doesn't change my situation. He changes me. And many times I discover I wouldn't have even been in that situation, but God had to allow me in that situation so he could get my attention, so he could change me. Everybody's trying to change everybody else. We don't need to change everybody else. We need to change ourselves. Change ourselves. Because only when we are changed will our world change. And only when we are changed will situations Change, oh, listen, our situations are so severe today. Oh, it's so messed up. It's so messed up. Oh, so crazy. Oh, oh, hear me, hear me this morning. Little, little pity, petty, pompous prayers will not get the job done. We need passionate prayers. We need some intensity in our prayers. We need a sense of urgency. Amen, that will draw, drive us to our knees and keep us there. Let's look at the sixth and final challenge that I have for us today, and that is prayer should be perpetual. Prayer should be perpetual. Paul admonishes us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, he says, pray without ceasing. What? What? Paul, what are you talking about, man? Paul, don't you know about my schedule, Paul? Man, we are so busy today that we can barely squeeze out a five to 15 minute devotional three to five days a week and that's for the most committed saints. How in the world could we pray without ceasing? How could we pray 24-7? The answer is to develop a lifestyle of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. To practice the presence of the Lord throughout our day. To develop an awareness of his presence. To invite him in to every detail and every aspect and every part of our day. Oh, for years I practiced throughout my day to talk to the Lord. Just throughout the day, randomly, just, just, Lord, I love you. 
Lord, you're so good to me, Lord. Why am I so blessed? God, I don't deserve your blessing. Oh, I just thank you, Lord. Often throughout the day, oh, praise him. Thank him for my undeserved blessings. Recognizing his presence. Do I have a daily extended prayer time? Absolutely try to do it nearly every single day. But here's what I've learned this morning. Here's what I've learned. It should be prayer, prayer. It should be an ongoing communion, not just a once a day conversation. I want to say that again, prayer. It should be an ongoing communion, not just a once a day conversation. Remember, it's about a relationship, not about about religion. Religion says, I have to pray. It's three o'clock. It's on my schedule. I've got to check it off. I have to pray. A relationship says, I can't wait to pray. A relationship says, yeah, I'm going to pray at three o'clock or seven in the morning or eight at night. Yeah, I'm going to have my extended prayer time, but, but a relationship says, hello, Lord. How, how are you doing, Lord? Thank you, Lord, for being with Just recognize, talking with God throughout my day. The takeaway for the message today is this. If we understood the potential of prayer, we wouldn't be so passive about it. Father, I just pray today, God, I pray, Lord, oh, God, help us, to, help us to take this dare today, Lord. Help us to take this dare. Help us to take this challenge, oh, God. God, the only hope that our world has, the only hope that our country has, the only hope that we have is if we pray, if we, if, if we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then you'll hear from heaven, and then you'll forgive our sin, and then you'll heal our land. God, we are going to humble ourselves and we're going to pray and we're going to call out to you. We're not asking our government for help. We're not asking anybody else for help. We are asking you, God. Our, we, are, we are coming to you, God. We recognize that only you can heal our land and we're praying for your healing for our land.